The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. My name is Darian Douglas, and tonight, my fearless co-host who's always here, Mr. Gregory Ajid. Welcome. What's up, Greg? Good evening, Mr. Douglas. Um, happy birthday. Happy birthday, y'all. Oh, yeah, I just right. wanted to make a shout out. Tonight, it's a very special evening. Um, we, we celebrated uh, 36 years on this earth with Mr. Darian Douglas I think you yesterday. mean 20, 26, 26. 26. 20, yeah, 26. Me, 26. <laughs> I'm getting old, bro. Damn. 26 years around the sun with Mr. Douglas. <laughs> um, yeah, 26 plus 10. But yeah, bro, thank you, man. Thank you. I'm um, trying to keep uh, keep my girlish figure together. The older I get, trying to stay pretty, you know, trying to stay like you, man. Hey, it's, it's not about me tonight, Greg. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about our. We have a very special guest. We, we indeed do have. Yeah, Mr. Guest. Lawrence Smith, and he's one of your good friends, right? That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so happy to uh, to introduce uh, a great friend of mine and uh, a fantastic vocalist, a wonderful, wonderful human being, and. Um, Man, I had the great privilege of uh, performing with Lauren over the uh, the last couple of years with the uh, with Michael Bublé uh, while we were touring, and um, yeah, I figured this would be an, a wonderful opportunity to uh, to interview Lauren about his experiences. And uh, I don't think have we had have we had a, a vocalist? Yeah, we've had some vocalists on here, but we I don't think we've had we've had a lot of like jazz jazz vocalists. So I'm really excited to get Lauren on here. And talk about his uh, his experiences living out on the the West Coast. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's not every day that you get to speak to a a, a superstar. And uh, I heard that <laughs> I heard a few things about Lauren. So why don't we go ahead and get him in here so that we can grill him and get all up in his business? Lauren, where you at? Superstar, though. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm pretty sure you're a superstar, man. I'm I'm pretty sure you're without now, a doubt a superstar. That's wow. Right. Lauren, how are you? You guys are great with the introductions. I'm good. What's up, fam? Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely, man. I want to get right in your business. And so I read something about you and I got some questions about it. Please bring the questions. See, you from, I got a feeling, well, I know where you're from. You're from Oakland, California. So I know what that means. Correct. I see the hat, you know? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It means delicious barbecue. Whoa. And, uh... Good music? I don't know about that barbecue Good part, family. but we're going to skip over that. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't see that one coming, Darian. I think it's funny watching watching y'all two interact because this is like, I guess y'all have just met for like over the last couple of minutes. That's right. And it's funny. <laughs> you don't, watch know. Out you don't for, know. Watch out for Lauren. He's going to get you. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm ready to spar. I'm ready to spar. So you grew up, you a PK. You probably know all about mm-hmm. that. Greg don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. PK, preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. So you grew up terrorizing your family. You want to talk to us about that? <laughs> Tell us all about it. It is the exact opposite. I was terrorized by my family. No, I had um, a dad. My father was a pastor. Mom was the pastor's wife. And so, yeah, you know, you get, you started, 
I started off already being very aware of like, this is how you're supposed to carry yourself. This is what we expect of you. And this is what is expected of you, period. There was always this feeling of somebody's watching me. So you can't ever really chill or relax or even have an off day because it's that pressure. You got to be the example. And I know now that that wasn't really, it wasn't really intentional from my family, but nevertheless, it was still there. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, were you Kojic? You grew up Kojic or? My dad, uh, we were American Baptist. Okay. All right. American. I got a I lot of Kojic family members though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, you know, cats be Kojic, you know, when they be, <laughs> when they be killing, they be Kojic. They don't be nothing else. But yeah, that's what's True. up, man. And so your family, you grew up in a, in a big musical family and, and like, how did that, and how did that whole thing come about for you and singing and stuff? I... I took it for granted for sure, but also I never thought that I had any sort of special gift. My grandmother was an incredible singer. Even on the day she died, she had a concert that she had that night that she was headed to. And my dad was a singer and I had cousins that were professional singers and I had aunts that were incredible singers and also background singing and things of that nature. So I was surrounded by it and I was such big fans of my family as a kid growing up that they are still my very first influences. But yeah, because of that, I grew up just kind of not really feeling special because everybody in my life sang. So it was weird to go into different circles where, um, especially once I got to college, I had professors that were like, bro, do you do you, do you get, do you get your gift? And I was like, no, thank you for asking. No. So it's a growing experience and it's, it definitely is a blessing because I'm so grateful. Anytime somebody says, name your top musical influences, I can say my dad was an incredible singer. Um, I, all of my aunts and uncles, like even cousins, they awesome, awesome musicians. They don't do gimmicks. They just stand at the mic and they sing their face off. And that's, that's that's love for me. Wow, that's, that's that's like so crazy. So like, besides your family growing up, what kind of music did you love, and and what was what were you out? What were your influences outside of your family? I loved um, SWV. I loved Anita Baker, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, I was big on the Fugees as a kid growing up. Just everybody had the same thing uh, in common for me. Even now, all the people I love with going back to my family, everybody just stands at a microphone. They just bring it. I think it's so important to make art that comes from your heart directly to somebody else's because that's when it connects the most for me, I should say. So, yeah, those are the people I rock with. I know there's more. Brian McKnight was a big, um, was a, one of my favorites as a kid. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch more. Bro, you didn't name no gospel people, no Karen Clark Shears. <laughs> Wait, that's McClurkin. true. Come on, bro. In that. They are in that. Because for sure, I still have every night, this is a secret, I've only told a couple of people, so this is exclusive here to the Working Artist Project. <laughs> all right, all right. As a singer that has been singing since I was prepubescent, and now into my 30s, I definitely, probably for the last 15 years, every night before I go to bed, I study the same singers. I literally look up 
what new performances they have. I look up um, anything recent, anything old, anything vintage that's popped up. That's Karen Clark Sheard. That's the Clark sisters. Kim Burrell, um, B. Slade, Patti LaBelle. Um, There's more that just left my head. So many great singers, man. So many great singers. My 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 yeah, um stuff. my mother in law and, and father in law, they got this whole thing about Whitney Houston versus Patty LaBelle, you know. So you said Patty. So now I'm gonna tell them that you said Oh wow. You know? Come on. <laughs> I hope they watching it right now. Call write him an email, a mean one too. Right. Please be angry with me, but all notes of complaint have to be sent with cash. I definitely feel like over the years. Loving Patty and loving Whitney so much. Like, those are two different beasts to me. Those are two completely different beasts. Whitney could sing anything and all the things, and so can Patty. But Patty has, she is a, she's a whole movement, a force, a performance force. She just does stuff. Even I saw recently the, um, the performance she did at DC for New Year's. And I was like, this chick is in her early hundreds singing <laughs> her face off. That's right. Still, still, I love it. So tell me, are you from the streets or you went to college or something and got your, your <laughs> talk? They, you, you learn how to sing in college. Or you really from the streets like me. Oh, like they ain't really teach you nothing in college. You was just there to kind of get that paper, you know, move on. You learn like two things and that was it. <laughs> 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 when you put it that way, I would say the majority of my of my teaching, um, especially as far as being a soloist, came from the streets. When I got to college and I started taking voice lessons, they taught me um, the technique, which is so important, the technique of singing and singing consistently so that you don't just squelt out your throat hole week after week after week after week. So. I appreciated that. But yeah, I've always been a studier. I've always been, I've always been big on practicing. I practice all the time. So yeah, definitely a lot of that came from just me listening. Even I was that kid that as a kid, I would record myself on audio cassette. Who remembers those? I'm dating myself. Um, I had audio cassettes recording myself singing, and then I would just record and then press play and listen and critique, erase it, record it again because I was lonely. <laughs> but also driven. All right. That's what's up. I feel like that's probably like the 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 path to uh the fastest gains in terms of uh musical progress. It's probably also the most painful, but <laughs> it's it's also the quickest way. I mean, just you know, I can imagine as a young as a young person, just the ability to to sing, listen to yourself, critique it, and then do it again. I mean, there's yeah, I do that. I feel like that's that's my my saving um, um, litmus test of where I'm at all the time. Uh, but when you were in college, were you like studying? Like, what was your like training like? Were you like more focused on contemporary type pop style vocals, or did you have like any type of like classical training, or focus more on um, jazz or something like that? Excuse me, that is a great question. I when I got to college, the college I attended didn't even have a commercial music program yet. And um, so they only taught classical music, which I fought tooth and nail because I said, look, nobody is ever going to hire me to sing classical music. I was wrong. Spoiler alert. Also, same thing. It just was like everybody was like, you should learn. I had a wonderful teacher who said you should learn how to sing jazz. You should learn how to sing not just the R&B and the gospel and the stuff you already do, but learn 
learn theater, learn other genres. So that way, when somebody says, hey, what do you sing? What can we hire you for? And I can honestly say, what are you paying me for? I got you. Let's get to work. Wow. (laughs) And that has been the MO. But yeah, we started with just classical and I had to do that. It was a different muscle, but I'm grateful for it now. I definitely fought it in college, but I'm very grateful for it now. Yeah, it's rough in college, especially come if you're black, right? Because you grow up listening to everything, but you know Beethoven and Mozart. You don't you listen to that shit. You don't think it's cool, but you discover it later on, and you realize, like you said, the technique of it can really help you elevate or, or shoot past your potential. And and that sounds like what you did, because you know, like what we're trying to trying to get all the gigs out here. Yep, it's as much as you can work as much as you can be of service, then I say, go for it, go for it. I did have a person a couple of years ago that said, Lauren, your problem is you're good at too much and you're going to have to pick one thing. And I internalized that for myself. And I was like, maybe he's right. Maybe that's what I need to. But the reality is I thought about it. I was like, but wait, how many of my bills is he paying? Okay. So none. So I should be doing what I'm already doing which is everything and anything. But with skill, I'm not throwing caution to the wind and I'm not um, I'm not at all saying my shit doesn't stink or anything like that. I've definitely put in the work, but I think it's important to be as versatile as you can be so you can continue to learn and grab. Life is about grabbing the things. You take the good and you can leave the bad, but there's always, there's some good stuff to learn from a lot of things out there. And see, you got the resume to back it up. So, you know, you, I, I was, you play one of my favorite bands, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I want to hear all about that, you know? Just imagine me in high school just rocking out to the Red Hot Chili Peppers with my my Walkman. Just like, yeah. Hold up. So so maybe maybe this is a good time. We should actually talk about this. How did you play with the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, I want to talk. I'm serious. Tell us. This was a a studio call for an album. And I have to say an album because I don't remember which one it was. But a lot of times, and I don't know how much this translates into the instrumentalist world, but the vocalist stuff, we just get called and say, hey, can you come show up and do this? We don't know who it's for. We just know here's where you need to be. This is what the pay is going to be. Show up on time and ready to rock. So got there, started singing and just started like reading the charts down. And we did the whole session. Like, yo, who is this for? And I was like, this is for the Red Hot Chili Peppers new album. I was like, what? <laughs> so that was because they're not even there, right? You're just, no. just overdubbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I know that somebody was there from specifically either the management team or something, but I honestly don't remember even if that's, I don't remember if that's true. Did they have like it a musical director? Kind of like. I mean, were they working with someone that directed y'all and got what exactly what they wanted or they were they just like, yeah, yeah. I know that there was the person that hired me was the person that was in charge of making sure the arrangement and the recording stuff had happened. So the contractor's job was just making sure we were all on one accord and giving them what they needed. And I remember there was one guy there from the team that was just kind of going, yep, that's good. You guys are good to go type of deal but yeah it's such an interesting I think that's one of the best things about life as a musician or as an artist all the people I've gotten to work with and all the things I've done I never would have ever thought that was my reality my friend Serena I have to give her a big shout out when we were in college 
going back to the days, sitting at work and school, trying not to learn how to read music and not wanting to learn classical music. My homegirl, Serena, was like, yo, there is this new musician that I love and I cannot stop going to his shows. I've been to so many shows. And I teased her like crazy. I was like, sweetie, you're an adult now. What are you doing? And what kind of name is Buble? What would you, what are you doing there? And so I gave her so much shit that literally later when I told her, she was like, what are you doing? What, what's going on in work? I was like, actually, I just got a new opportunity for work and it's kind of awesome. And I told her and we were walking down City Walk, Universal City Walk, and she stopped and <laughs> she said, what? I was like, yeah, see, life is crazy. You, that's why you shouldn't say things. You, should, you never know what's going to happen lesson moral of the story just be prepared do great work show up on time be pleasant to work with you won't have anything to worry about so how did that so you go from red hot chili peppers to michael blue blade like how do those two how does that even happen like you're at my same same thing i got a call from the vocal contractor who said the first thing we did was a song on the nobody but me album we got called to record vocals for the song I Believe in You. And I believe there was about 15 of us there. So same thing, got the call to come do the session, did the session and went great. It went well, went home, was like, okay, cool. That's another opportunity that I'm grateful for. And then I got a call later, probably a couple months later, and it said, hey, Michael wants background vocalist for his promo tour because the album's coming out. Are you interested? And I said, sure, yeah, throw my name in the hat. So I sent in all of my materials and then a while went by and I never heard anything about it. So I was like, well, all good. Nice to be considered. And I was at dinner with some friends one night and then I got a call. I was like, you got the job. I was like, that's awesome. When do we start? We don't know. Well, where are we going? <laughs> Not sure. Well, do you know when? Not, Not a clue. So I was like, yay. And the rest is history. But yeah, it's awesome. It's random and it's amazing. I think one of my newest mantras has been let life surprise you. Uh, and that's been super helpful, super helpful. And and it's like, you know, I feel like something that makes you special is, is um, your ability to work in such unique circumstances and situations. You know, again, you were talking about you're talking about being able to make the gig. It's like, where's the money? I'll be there and I can do whatever you need me to do. Yep. But it's it's amazing to hear that, you know, again, like your ability to to play with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, do something with Buble, and again, like do all the amazing solo work that you do yourself. Um, but I, going back to like the, the Chili Peppers and Buble, like can you kind of talk about how like getting calls from these like, huge pop names like how, how does all that work in terms of like you're talking about contractors and, and showing up at the studio i mean like as, as a young vocalist someone who wants to kind of uh, potentially go down that road professionally what what should be, they be doing to prepare, prepare themselves for that excellent excellent question i will give the same answer i was given i was talking to my friend and i've given her credit for this melanie taylor she's worked with um, she was, um, oh my goodness, what is the lady's name? Bette Midler. And she had 
I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting. She had this group of ladies that was with her and it's like the Bette Midler and the, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't feel like the word I'm thinking is the right word, so I won't say it. But she was one of the ladies that worked with Bette Midler. She's done Alicia Keys, John Mayer, um, Beyonce, and all of these incredible people. So we met while we were doing a recording session. I got called for this session and I was, we were got done. We were walking back to the car and I just said off the top of my head, I said, you know what? I really want to do more of this. I want to do more background singing. I want to do more studio sessions. What should I do? And she looked at me and casually as she was putting on her sunglasses, she just said, you just did it. You told a person who's doing it. And then two weeks later, she called me for a gig. She said, Hey, you said you wanted to work. I got a gig for you this coming week. And that literally was how it started. It really has a lot to do with who you know. That is so true. Every single job I've gotten. Um, yeah, every single job I've gotten has been because of people that I know personally. The last couple of years, because of my solo work and because of the awesomeness of social media, I'm getting more calls for, from random people like, hey, will you do this as a soloist? But yeah, even that, all of that stuff, it's all connected. It's really about keeping good connections and um, just staying plugged in. But yeah, it's the it almost goes back to that old adage, if you show me who your friends are, I can tell you what you do. Think about that. It's literally, um, it's literally, it it applies here as well. Yeah, that's something that I think, and in, in, especially in music, people have to remember. And we keep talking to artist after artist, and they're just like, "Yo, the people you know and the people you connect with, it, it's very important on the way up." Mm-hmm. You know, so you you got to be a good person because people are calling you back or calling you in the first mm-hmm. place because a you're a good person, and then yeah. they're calling you back because you killed it. So you got to have those two things together. And, and it's it's kind of rare for, for yeah. really good musicians to be nice yeah, you know, or vice versa. You know, you got to have both those those things, mm-hmm. the secret sauce. True, true, yeah. true. I mean, it's funny. It's I, I guess even like professionally, I feel like we all kind of, at this point in our lives, we all take it for granted that you can play past a certain point, hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and it's funny actually like knowing people like, like Darian. I've known Darian since... Actually, yesterday on your birthday, I kind of I watched a little bit of our Jazz Fest performance from 10 years ago. And I was hey. like, man, we were sad. <laughs> we were trying, though. We were trying. We were trying. But but again, like, you know, I think, I think uh, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm, it was really cool. But, but again, like, you know, as professionals, we take for granted the fact that, like, we spent so much time. Like, I just want to play. I want to be the best. I'm going to sing the best, blah, blah, blah. And your, your focus is like 110% on that. But once you pass a certain level of musicianship, everyone is there and it really comes down to your personality. And, you know, as, as someone who pretty much lived with Lauren for a year and a half. You're welcome. Um, yeah, no, like, no, but seriously. You know, I, I will never, just, just again, like living on a bus. Like, yeah, Lauren, we used to live on a bus. Right? <laughs> But, but those things where it's like, man, you forget that like everyone's a great musician, but mm-hmm. who do you want to sit on that bus with mm-hmm. for 14 and a half hours as, remember the first time the bus broke down? <laughs> oh. 
But those are all those things. And, you know, as a, as a musician, you know, I, I really, as, and professionally having worked with you, you are the complete embodiment of uh, being a, a wonderful musician and also like the hang, you know, you get along with everyone and, and bring out the best in everyone. And, you know, it's funny to watch everyone wow. also like confide in you like in, in a year or two, like you're, you're everyone's rock, man. <laughs> <laughs> Very kind. Thank so you. That's, 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 that's me trying to compliment you, but also like, again, like what Darian's saying is like, yo, like you gotta be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta be cool. Mm-hmm. Why don't we take a moment right now to let the people see and hear you perform? Yeah. And uh, we got a little, we got a little snippet so they can see what's up and then uh, then we'll continue our conversation. What this which is song a, is this, Lauren? You can tell us what, what this one's all about. This is a mashup of Beyonce's Bow Down and Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River that we recorded live um, last year, pre-COVID. Do you guys remember it? Oh man, no it was masks. wonderful. No, no fear of death. Everything was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, we're going to get right into it, y'all. Crashing down. Hey, I already know. Only know. 
I I just want to say this. You a bad mother. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I had to stank face and everything. That's crazy, man. That's Thank crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. You man, you Lord. remind me of me when I sing, man. You know, I ne- hey. nobody <laughs> people don't really know this, but you know, sometimes I sing in the shower. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Well, this is your moment. I'm already sitting down. Go ahead and hit no, us with no, a I, number. I would, but I, I, have, I got a little. I got a little. Oh, oh it's something. It's something in the throat. Yeah, I get it. It's all good. Get the man some water. <laughs> let me get. Let me get my tuning fork. I get you a note. <laughs> man, that's incredible, man. That's, that's something you, I can guarantee you. you can't teach that in nobody's school. I can guarantee you that. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. So, you, I mean, Lauren, so you like, uh, in addition to like, you know, like all the side, the incredible sideman work that you're doing, like you're also a solo artist in your own right and doing incredible things. You, I mean, so you have several incredible music videos out, a bunch of singles. Um, so like, how, so how do you balance being a sideman and then also being your own art artist, your own artiste. <laughs> Excellent question. Um, I love both. I love both sides. Um, and kind of going back to earlier, I had folks that said, you need to pick one. If you're going to be a soloist, you need to be a solo artist. If you're going to do background, you got to do that. If you're going to be an actor and do musical theater, I did musical theater for years as well, that it's like, you just got to pick one. But for me, it's all a part of me and it's always to make income and it's always to put love and hope and joy out into a world that desperately needs it. So if you have the skill set, if you can make it happen, do it. It definitely is a balancing act. I have a calendar that I write everything in and try to make sure I'm where I need to be in compartmentalizing as much as I can and take care of all the different hats. But it's so worth it because the creative outlet for me is necessary. I love, I love all the pieces of that pie. Yeah. It's delicious. Man, after hearing jazz, how do you even mm-hmm. why do you why do you even fuck with it? Cause like <laughs> sometimes jazz doesn't really, you know that that the way that R and B and gospel, those other v- mm-hmm. musics give you a vehicle to really like kind of go off you know i'm a jazz musician and i love jazz and that's all i ever want to play but as a singer you know there's other musics that i think you can really just get in there with it you know yep i think we all i think it works to really expand expand your range and do some stuff um even for me i got into jazz late i remember i sang my first jazz song probably at as it like a junior in college i believe was the first time i ever sang a jazz song and I did it at a showcase and there was this uh, jazz artist whose name I don't recall. I'm so sorry about that. Um, but her face, was, she had very nice glasses, but she stood in front of me when I sang the song and she said, you, you've got something there, but you got to figure out the nuances of jazz. And I was like, what? What nuances? But now it's like, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. It's, it's subtle, but it's intentional and it's it's beautiful. To me, I like to pull from that whole bag, the R&B, the gospel, the jazz, the soul, the pop, um, even the orchestral. I like to just take time and use my voice to maneuver so that it feels almost like a violinist with a bow. So it just having fun painting textures and things. Yeah, I guess all black music is, is, you know, it's like it's just all one kind of one thing. It kind of melds into one thing eventually, but it just takes, it's different languages. You know what I mean? Or different like subtle vernaculars. Like if you're singing a pop or R&B tune, 
than if you're singing Billie Holiday or Sarah Vaughn or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. Which you will now show us with the song you're getting ready to I, sing. I told you, bro, I got this little thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, do you, uh, <laughs> Lauren, do you ever feel like, like, I mean, again, like talking about all those different styles and, and ways of singing, like, how do you, like, how do you handle, again, being a solo artist and doing a gig like, like I, I, I don't want to specifically talk about the Bublé gig, but like a, a gig of that type of, um, you know, professional requirement where you, you're working for someone else, you're singing a bunch of different genres of music. Um, how do you keep your artistic, like, do you still feel like an artist in those circumstances? Or do you like, how do you stay creative and playful? And do you ever feel like that takes away from your solo work? Or how, how, how do you work with all that? I don't feel like it takes away from my solo work. I think it's the perfect training ground um, before. Well, in between the in between Buble stints, I worked with Andy Grammer for probably about for two years, I believe. And in that time, too, I got to learn so much for me. It's all it's all about just learning things and adding it to the tool belt. So um, you take an Andy Grammer who's pop guy and songwriter and and performer and multi-instrumentalist and then you take Michael B who does who's got the jazz he's got the warm tones he is an incredible showman it's like there's so many things to learn from both and for me it's a matter of especially as you um, for the vocalists out there that work with uh, different people you learn how to serve. It's just all about figuring out how to serve in those moments. But then what I do is for my solo stuff, I take the things I learn while I'm there and, and just try to use it as, um, use them, use them as teachable moments, if that makes sense. And I'm sorry to everybody that's listening. I'm realizing that all of my answers are in between five to 20 minutes long. So I'm oh, trying great. to debrief it out. No, no, they here to hear you. They here to hear you. But when you when you t- you say that word serve, right? And mm-hmm. and do you think that like I I know like um just in our personal conversations, like you you've had like jobs outside of music. You know, we were you working at the mm-hmm. hospital, and mm-hmm. and so like the idea of service does that? Do you think that like is rooted again like in your church background, or is that also like a, there's a certain? Do you feel like there's like a certain type of like humility that you learn like from actually like working a normal job that has nothing to do with music mm-hmm. like how like is what do you think about that good question i think that it's all of the above i was definitely taught very very early on that i needed to love my neighbor the way i love myself i was also taught very not just from working with artists but even working in churches growing up working for different pastors you learn this is this person's style. This is his leadership style. So I have to get on board with that so that I can serve as efficiently there as possible. And then same thing. When I was in high school, I was working at a Lutheran church and working at my father's Baptist church. So I would leave one and go to the other and I would have to get into the mindset, okay, here's what you need to do to be effective here. Here's what you need to do to be effective there. And okay, I'm back. I accidentally pulled my cord out. But yeah, I think I learned that for sure in the growing up, but I also learned that just in 
life. One of my biggest pet peeves in life are is people that are being paid to do a job they're not doing. Um, so I really want to make sure anytime somebody hires me, I'm showing up and I'm serving my purpose, my intention. What is it? How can I serve? What is it you need me to do? What is it you need me to do to help support your vision so that I can be as efficient as possible? Right. That's a real mature, you know, it takes a long time as a, as an artist to get there. And I was just talking to my wife about this. It's like, it's funny how fun it is to work on your projects and then someone else gives you a project and all of a sudden you hate it. You just like, <laughs> I hate music, man. Like I got to play X, you know, you know, it's, yeah. it's, or she's a writer. So it's like, you know, you kind of get into that vibe and mm-hmm. it, it's a good segue because I want to talk about career development. Bring you it. Know, and and as, an, as an artist, you have to be your own kind of, you got to guide your own career. You can't just be like, well, I'm just saying, what, what does that even mean? So did you, how did you kind of, how did you handle that, that idea of career development so that you could be where you are today? Awesome question. You guys are bringing it. Um, For me, the biggest lesson has been knowing who I am. I've had an impacted ass full of people saying, you are too black. You are not black enough. You are too loud. You are not loud enough. I went and auditioned for American Idol and they said, you're Oh, they're fine. I went and auditioned for American Idol and they said, you need to work on your high range. So work that out. Then the same week I worked for somebody else that was like, "Woo, you got a lot of high range. So everybody's going to have their view of who you are and what you do. The thing that has helped me out is ever since I was high school, I've always wanted to be a professional singer, but I always wanted to be the version of myself that other people wanted. This is the first time in my life I know who I am and what I want and more importantly, what my assignment is. So it's more than just showing up and singing a song because I need Instagram likes or I need YouTube clicks. It's, well, this is what I feel my job is to do is to show up and give hope, give joy, show people that, hey, maybe there's another way to think about it differently. And I think that's where career development comes from. For me, I have to be able to look at the end so I can figure out what I got to do at the beginning to get there. And if you have a lot of people and I've had several team members and things of that nature over the years and managers and publicists and things like that, that have a different vision, if their vision is different from yours, there will be some sort of not necessarily friction, but you might not like what comes out of the oven when it gets done baking or worse, which I've seen a lot of, you're going to get the success. You're going to get the money. You're going to get the YouTube views. You're going to get the brand deals, but you are not going to like yourself. And what's worse, I probably won't like your ass either. So (laughs) it has to start with just you going, Hey, this is who I am. And this is what I want to bring to the table. And this is what I have to offer. This is what I have to give. This is what I'm, this is what it is. I want to give the world so I can leave it better than I found it. To me, that's just my view. I'm just one person, but that's me. I mean, it's like such a, a bro, like you, you're like, you have such an amazing perspective on that. And I, I love too that like in just in our conversations together and also when you sing, like you're definitely sharing that message with uh, with everyone, everyone on the bandstand and everyone in, in your, your, your life. Um, you know, I think, part of, you know, the career development is also like mental health, 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And keeping peaking, keeping your mind, <laughs> keeping your mind right, <laughs> which can always, you know, be a challenge. And I guess, you know, like a garden, you're always getting weeds out of it and things like that. Um, have you, how have you like, have you, do you have any like things that you do that like keep, keep your, your garden clean that, that keep you <laughs> good for other people and available? Absolutely. I prefer to cleanse my garden in the following ways. Wait a minute. Hold up. <laughs> pink, um, pink lemonade. Pink lemonade. Right. <laughs> I have always said if I were king of the world, I would make everybody go to therapy at least one hour a week. I have gone to therapy for... Oh, probably closer to like 15 years now, I believe. And even same thing. When I first started the circles I was in, there were a lot of people that said, especially black people that were like, you're going to therapy because you don't trust Jesus. And my answer was always, well, you don't go and look at what. Okay. So in general, I think we all have to take our own, we have to take up that fight to do the work because there's work to be done. It's so necessary. What you feed your body, what you feed your mind, all of that is super important. I'm intentional about therapy and constantly journaling and having honest, honest, honest conversations with myself Um, acknowledging the awarenesses that come up in the still moments, in the moments where I'm just still, I don't say anything, just let stuff bubble up to the surface and see what comes up. I write about that Um, for the first time in my life ever, for the first time in my life, I can honestly say now I have an incredible support system of people that I can be completely honest with. And that stuff makes all of the difference in the world. I've seen And I have been someone that has been kept sick because of the secrets I kept, because of the things I failed to acknowledge, because of the awarenesses I pretended I didn't see. But keep, I really want to encourage folks, keep doing the work because you're worth it. We are all more alike than we are different in a lot of ways. So it's really important that find a safe space, make a safe space, be a safe space, create a safe space. So that you and the people that come in contact with you can have the truth and the fullness of their experience without judgment, without, without shaming, without name calling, without blaming, without fear, without distortion. Just, I remember the first time I was around people that were honest about whatever they were going through. The people I sat down with and they said, you know what? This week's rough. Things are rough in my marriage. Things are rough. And it was like, Whoa, people can, people can be honest. No shade, no offense. I can only speak to my personal experience, but I grew up in church culture where no matter what's going on, there's a lot of people just going, we're all right. Everything's fine. The walls are on fire behind us, but it's fine. And that's what I grew up around. And that's what I grew up with. There was just a lot of stuff that was blatant elephants in the room. (laughs) I just walked past like, I don't see that at all. But there really is power in doing the work mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically doing that work to stay healthy, to get rid of the stuff that we don't want to feed, be aware of like in any diet, like what what you water will grow. 
So be intentional about not growing negative things or just the same cycles of shame, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I Which love brings that, us to Mr. Douglas's that. song that he's going to <laughs> hey, right, right now. now I'm go ahead. I was just going to say, I love, I, before I sing, <laughs> I, I love that answer, you know, because I grew up in church too and they'd be like, God is good. All the time. Yes. Uh, and uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, people have to realize that uh, I was talking to black people right now, church people, that prayer isn't therapy. It's meditation. That part. So you, you got to really, you know, <laughs> realize that you need therapy, my brother, my sister, and everybody in between. You need it. Go get it. So uh, it's so I'm, true. I'm sure it's so true. I think it's so, it's sad. It's sad that we all, just as humans, we all as humanity, we have to deal with so much stuff. But there is stuff that is in our control that we can that we can address. I'm not saying it can be solved overnight. Maybe it might not even be able to be solved, but if you can't speak it, you can't heal it. If you don't face it, you can't change it. So you ever thought about being a motivational speaker? (laughs) (laughs) Through my music? Yes. (laughs) But for this reason, because I keep giving answers that are as long as the Titanic film, I feel like I shouldn't exactly be doing all of the motivational speaking. (laughs) Wait, 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 real quick. Well, hold up. Before before you you, you dip out on these answers. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Do you, you, but like, you know, just, I guess a lot of artists, I mean, I grew up feeling that like artistry was like intrinsically tied to like personal suffering and having these, these things. And so I was like, so just how has like all of these things that you're talking about therapy, um, you know, journaling and, and, and the things that, that help you, do you feel more artistic inspiration when you're like on like feeling good and light mentally? Or do you feel like you need to have, as an artist, you need to have that, like that other side of you that, that, that drives the, the creativity? Good question. I definitely feel like I use both. I'm even thinking of, I have a single outbreak for you. It's the first single I ever wrote. And the course says, won't you break free, free from worry, free from heartache, free from sorrow. Won't you break free? Leave the past mess. You are too blessed. Feel the peace inside. I wrote that for just myself because it was such a horrific day. I remember sitting down at the piano having had this awful, awful, awful day. And I wrote that song just to encourage myself. So it's funny because I've written songs out of joy, out of happiness, um, even just as a vocalist, I think it's so necessary to tap into all of those things that we felt, um, um, depending on what the song is, so you can bring that out. So you take, to me, that's what takes a song from just a chart on a music stand to, hey, this is how it's coming out of my heart. So I think it's good to use both. And I don't know why I actually needed to show you that sheet music, but I guess <laughs> it was necessary. But yeah, I think I use both for sure. The good and the bad. I heard a really good quote that says, when you're overthinking, write. When you're underthinking, read. And I love that. Oh, I love that too. So 
necessary. I find myself doing that even as recently as last week. I have so many thoughts. I have so many feelings. I need to sit down and write. I need to get all of this out. Or I don't know what to feel about this. I don't know what to do with it. I probably need to read some. Can you say that? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a giant poster and put this on my wall. When you overthink, <laughs> right? When you underthink, read. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And use it all. Use it all. Because all that stuff is so necessary as we create art. And art is just an expression of who we are. It's an expression of what's in our hearts, an expression of what we feel, whether it's temporary, permanent, whatever that is. But to use that because it'll come from your heart to absolutely go to someone else's. Really? Do your thing, fam. Listen, Lauren, you don't, you don't, you ain't gave us a word today, boy. <laughs> you don't dropped the word on us today, boy. You a preacher too in your own right, boy. Oh, Dude, yes. Uh, we <laughs> we're coming yeah. to the end, and uh, as that is so, we want to give you an opportunity to tell the people where they can connect with you, where they can buy all your products, and give you all their money. That is awesome. I enjoy money. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Snapchat at Sang Lauren Smith. S A as in always, N as in nice, G as in great, L O R E N S M I T H. So I am at Sang Lauren Smith there. I have singles out, break free, beautiful smile, always remember, which I wrote for suicide prevention and in support of um, the fight against bullying. And my newest single, Can't Wait, and then Bow Down, Cry Me a River that we just played for you a few minutes ago. Those are all available online. Please go check them out and let me know what you think. Let me know if you have more requests. On my Instagram, I'm doing some more live music and live videos. On my YouTube, I'm releasing a new video every week. Um, Again, it's saying Lawrence Smith, so I'm just trying things. But also, I have something for you guys before we go. Should oh. I do that now or should I wait until you guys finish showering me with love and adoration? <laughs> well, I say go do ahead what now. you say. Okay, go, go, you go. Go go ahead. Beautiful. <laughs> Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday I, I was going to join you, I, but I got the Holy Ghost. So I can, <laughs> thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. Wow. Thank you so Woo! much, man. I appreciate it. You sound great, man. Wow. Thank man, you, Lord. guys. <laughs> thank wow, you. Wow, Lord, come on. <laughs> we ain't even had to pay him, Greg. Can you believe it? <laughs> That's free. It's still the holiday <laughs> spirit. Okay. You, Listen, you, y'all. Play, you played and sang all the hip notes, man. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> All that jazz, it. gotta love the jazz. I, I look, I even got my tuner out for Darian, man. You got your notes. <laughs> <laughs> raise the pitch up a little oh, bit. <laughs> man, let's get out. Hey, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in to the Working Artist Project. My name is Darian Douglas. My name is Gregory Ajit. Lord, thank you so much. 
for sharing your time with us today. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you. Absolutely. We'll catch y'all next time. Later, y'all. Later. Bye, fam.